Michael, we normally start when I have a priest sitting there in the hot seat. We <laughs> normally start with a vocation story. Mm-hmm. Um, and every so often we have somebody call in that say, says they're more seriously considering the priesthood because of what they're hearing. So yeah. so can you share with us, you know, you're a young priest, so let, <laughs> yep. let's, let's yep. hear your vocation story. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so just a quick background. I'm a military kid. I was born and raised overseas. Uh, I have a sister and two parents, obviously. Um, but I was born in Germany, then moved to Louisiana, then grew up most of my childhood in Belgium. And then my senior year of high school, I was back in Germany, um, then went to University of Georgia, where I got a business degree, and then went right into seminary after that. But that's kind of neat and uh, um, um, and, and flows really well. But my vocation story is not really like that. <laughs> <laughs> not quite that easy? No, not quite that easy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so growing up, um, my mom took my sister and I to Mass every every Sunday. And, and I, I have to interrupt you. I'm sorry, no, Father, no, no. but but I just got a note that says that we have a match this hour, dollar for dollar. So every okay. dollar that's called in will be doubled. Oh wow! Okay. So if it's fifty, it becomes a hundred. If fifty dollars a month, it becomes twelve hundred. Okay. So come on, let's do this five four seven zero five zero eight eleven sixty. We now have three pledges. Deacon Jack was the next person who called in. And uh, so we ring the bell at five pledges. So two more pledges and we ring the bell. Awesome, almost at the bell, yeah. Exactly, (laughs) matching dollar for dollar, talking with Father Michael Brimmer. He's from St. Bridget's. And uh, so we'll continue on. I'm sorry that I interrupted you. No, no worries, no worries. Yeah, so my my mom took my sister and I to Mass every Sunday. Um, and sorry if this kind of caused a scandal, but like I don't remember much from going to mass as a little kid. Yeah. Um, but I do remember two things. I remember the uh, the wheat imagery in the gospel. So think like Matthew chapter thirteen, where it's like the weeds and the wheat. Um, so I remember that a lot. But I also remember thinking, I don't ever want to become a priest. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure why I ever thought that. Like nobody ever came up to me asking me or telling me, oh, you'd make a great priest, or have you ever thought of priesthood? Like nobody ever said that. I just remember thinking, yeah, becoming a priest would be really weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so so living my life, um, the rest of elementary school, sort of the same thing, like in the back of my head. Um, in high school, I kind of straight off the, the straight and narrow, so to speak. Um, got involved with the wrong crowd and uh, yeah, really, really went off the, the rails. Um, but thankfully in college, I ended up meeting um, a, a, a good a group of guys um, who I'm still friends with to this day, um, who, really hold me, who really held me accountable at the time in Bible study. But what I realized was when I was getting, when I was uh, really straying off the path, um, ultimately what I was trying to run away from was a lot of like the, the, the pain and misery of my life, um, just growing up uh, in high school. So when I really came to terms with that, um, really like trying to shed off that lifestyle because I realized like it wasn't fixing any of my problems. It wasn't really filling my heart. So I got, I got to, to college. Like I said, I got in this Bible study, um, met a lot of really good um, Catholic guys but it wasn't until uh, after my freshman year of college at, at the University of Georgia, <clears throat> where my mom signed my sister and I up, my good mom, <laughs> yeah. signed my sister and I up to, to go to Lourdes, France, to, to help wow. out on a mission trip there. Wow. Um, that was the second time I went, but this time it was a little bit more profound. Um, as I said, I, I sort of like sh- um, shed off the you know, bad lifestyle that I was living in high school and a little bit in college. And at that point, I was really yearning for something. And when I got to Lourdes, what I realized was that the people there were, were legitimately peaceful and legitimately happy. Mm-hmm. Not like a lot of my, my peers um, or even some of my um, friends like back in college, you know, who kind of pretend about that, that kind of stuff. So there I decided to, um, I don't know if it was good or not, but I decided to ask God if he existed. Mm-hmm. Um, they say you, can't, you shouldn't test God, but that's what I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so what ended up happening was from that peace, from that joy, I realized I wanted that. So 
I was just convicted to ask God if he existed. Um, in that prayer time, I didn't end up getting um, a sign from him. But the very next morning, I was kind of just looking at a crucifix, and then, boom, mm. it hit me. <laughs> mm, he's real. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at that moment, I realized, like, yeah, God existed. And I also realized at that moment that God knew that I existed. Mm. Yeah, mm. like, God God knows who I am. God mm. sees me, um, sees the burden that I carry, et cetera, et cetera. And so at that point, um, yeah, after my freshman year of college, I realized I need to start taking my faith a little bit more seriously. <laughs> like like go, going to uh, going to Mass every Sunday this is great, um, but there's so much more that the Lord desires to give me. Um, so, so whenever I started going back into my faith more, my mom became like the, the good example of what it means for piety, what it means for devotion, what it means to pray, et cetera, et cetera. So she's really the example that I sort of modeled my own prayer life after, um, after, after coming back from that trip. So again, just getting really a lot more involved um, with the Catholic Center at UGA, um, yeah, really devoting my time to, to really learning the faith, um, yeah, and really getting yeah, more and more involved with this Bible study, doing more service, et cetera, et cetera. But again, a, a similar theme was kind of going through my mind um, at this point in college. What do I want to do? What would make me happy? What are my goals, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but then I came to the profound conclusion, um, this is a little bit after sophomore year, around junior year, um, that God is a lot smarter than I am. Mm, you think? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Just, All knowing, yeah. right? You know, you think? I don't know. Yeah, just looking the way I was living my life and yeah. then looking at, you know, yeah. how God is, yeah, yeah. man, is, is very evident. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so for the first time, I, I asked God, what should I do with my life? Yeah. And then the first thing that popped into my head was priesthood. Mm, wow, <laughs> yeah. wow. Yeah, which, which is, very, is a very surprising answer because I thought God would just affirm me, um, and sort of going along with, with my route. But obviously he decided to, to, to take me off of that. My dream job was uh, Chick-fil-A, actually. <laughs> so so I, was, I was working at UGA. Um, just lo- love Chick-fil-A, good food. Um, if, if you work at the corporate headquarters, you get Chick-fil-A for, for lunch. Huh? Um, not to mention, like they're, they're just a good company with good values. Um, they so, provided our breakfast every, oh, okay, every okay, pledge awesome, drive we've awesome, had. Awesome. They provided our breakfast. Yeah, so, yeah, we love Chick-fil-A. Yeah, so I would have loved working there. But yeah. um, So that was the goal. But, yeah, I, I, yeah the, the Lord said priesthood. And so, actually, I, I kind of ran away from that for a little while. Um, but the Lord is very consistent um, and very gentle at the same time. Um, so his invitation to, to enter into seminary was, yeah, what followed me along even when I was running away from it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're looking at, yeah, midway through senior year, so around January, December, at that point, I was, I was really convicted um, to, to apply to seminary. And so uh, finally I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but the vocation story doesn't end there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so even when I went to seminary um, back in uh, 2012, um, there was still just interiorly a lot of running away that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to interrupt yeah, you yeah, yeah. running mm-hmm. away because I do have uh, do an update. Not yet. But, <laughs> okay, well, okay. actually, let me look here. I think maybe we do. Nope. Michael was number four in pledges. Okay. So one more pledge and we get to ring the bell. <laughs> but Michael donated online and he was a monthly donor. It was not $20 a month, which is what I said for the gift card. But because right now, this hour, all the money is being doubled, mm-hmm. it actually is a monthly oh. donor of 20 bucks. So he got the first gift card to Adele's. So <laughs> so he got 20 bucks in a gift card to Adele's <laughs> by becoming a monthly donor. 
The next one we want to specifically say we want the monthly donor to call in. We want the phone lines to ring. We have volunteers that are giving up their time to be here with us today. We want to put them to work. We love online donations. Don't get me wrong, but we also love the people that are calling in. So the next $20 gift card to Adele's goes to the next monthly donor who calls 470-508-1160. 470-508-1160. Monthly donor. We said $20 per more $20 per month or more, but right now, because money's being doubled, you can join Michael at $10 a month, or you can become a founder and get into all, you know, get all the, the gifts that go with being a founder, get into the drawing for the, the night at the Avalon Hotel. Um, we're just having just two more founders, I think, is all that we need in order to make that happen. Um, so then we'll draw out when we get eight founders, and we would love to do that on, on Father's Clock. I would certainly <laughs> love to do it before I leave at noon. So come on, let's let's make this happen. We can do this. Four seven zero five zero eight one one six zero. And Father gets to ring the bell when we get one more pledge of any amount. So come on, lots of things on the line here, lots of things that you can do. So give us a call. And we are matching dollar for dollar. So, you know, many people say, oh, my money, it doesn't really matter. I can just give a little bit. Well, first of all, it does matter because it's all in God's eyes, you know, and God sees the sacrifice that goes into that. And everything, when we combine it all, it all matters for Catholic Radio. But right now it's doubled. In today's economy, there's there's no other opportunity that I know of to double your money right here, you know? So so come on, we're doubling your money right here. You can't take it with you. The only way you take it with you is by giving it away. Mm-hmm. So come on, let, let's give it away and give some of it to the Quest. Receive the graces that come along with that. I'm a monthly donor. Um, I come in from Kansas City to do the pledge drive. I, I have the privilege of traveling and doing pledge drives um, in several different states. I've been a monthly donor to Catholic Radio for about 15 years. So so it really is. I can, I can speak from experience that there's far more that comes to me, the grace um, from, from God, by giving to something that is so powerful that reaches a potential 3.1 million listeners wow. here in, in Atlanta. What a privilege it is to be a part of that. The miracles that happen, and we do see the miracles all the time through Catholic Radio. We see people coming back to the church, coming into the church, you know, quitting um, contraception, um, being open to life, all the things. You know, we'll talk some more because I know you said you wanted to talk about confession. A lot of, a lot of our priests that I sit across from say somebody comes back and says. You know, I this I haven't had I haven't made a confession for thirty years. Mm-hmm. And at the end they ask, you know, what brought you back? And they say Catholic radio. Mm-hmm. It happens mm-hmm. all the time. And so we would absolutely love it if you would be a part of this. You can write your name on some of those miracles because you are a part of it in a very real way by donating to let the airwaves carry the Holy Spirit out through all of our listeners. So come on, give us a call, four seven zero five zero eight one one six zero. Be a part of this mission to save souls. Be a part of it. All it takes is writing a check. It's not often that we can ev- evangelize, not ever, that we can evangelize a potential 3.1 million listeners except by donating to the Catholic radio station. So what a blessing comes along with that. Can you do it right now? 470-508-1160. We are talking with Father Michael Brimmer. He is from St. Bridget's. He's sharing with us about his vocation story. I think we, we were at the part where you were saying, 
you know, vocation doesn't stop whenever you <laughs> enter the seminary. Yeah, you know, that yeah. discernment still continues. So so let's go ahead with your story. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I mean, pe- people, much like in a marriage, find themselves at a certain point in their life. And sometimes they bring baggage into it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so, so a big part of the seminary formation is you have four pillars. I don't know if, if y'all have heard that before, but you have the academic pillar, you have the human pillar, you have the spiritual pillar, and then you have the human pillar. Um, so basically, I need to work in all of those. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and so a big part of uh, my vocation um, and, and coming to terms with it was looking at my own imperfection mm-hmm. and coming to terms with how exactly why God would want that and why ultimately he, yeah, why, why he would desire me to become a priest in the face of those things. And so, so I got there in seminary and, and it, yeah, it was very, it was, wasn't quite what I expected. <laughs> I expected um, people to walk around humming Gregorian chant to themselves, um, <laughs> just kind of giving themselves, but it turns out yeah. like most, yeah, yeah. like there's just a lot of normal guys there. Um, but, but I, I really enjoyed my time there. But the, the difficulty was, again, just like trying to, to really accept that vocation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess kind of like the way, the way to sum it up was um, it was around second theology. And no, sorry, I was about to go into second theology. And I was um, and for the summers, uh, seminarians do different things. They can be uh, chaplains at a hospital. They can be at a parish. They can do this thing called IPF. And uh, that summer I was um, uh, doing language immersion down in Guatemala. Mm. Before I left, I was convicted pretty strongly by the Lord that I didn't trust him. <laughs> and so, so I realized, okay, well, that's what a lot of this, uh, this, this time in Guatemala, in a foreign country, in a language I don't really speak, um, that's, that's what a lot of this, this will end up um, being about. And so when I got there, um, again, just that, that, was, that was a big focal point of the prayer. Um, one day I just felt really convicted to wear a certain shirt and I shared with my story about Lords. Um, when I went to Lords, they, they gave me a special shirt that said North American Lords volunteers on there. For no reason, I felt really convicted to, to wear that shirt. And I was like, okay, never had that before. Yeah. Um, and so when I was walking to mass in the morning in the streets of Guatemala, um, an American stops me <laughs> and says, Hey, tell me about your shirt. It turns out he's he's a he's a Protestant, and um, I got to share with him about the healing power of Lords and about our Mother Mary. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a really cool experience. Yeah. Um, but it was, again, it was, it was it was really learning to to really trust um, God in the midst of really small things. Mm-hmm. Why that's important will be will be shown um, uh, in a little bit. But um, a few days later, I was again just getting really convicted to um, bring a little bit of extra cash that day. And I thought, okay, that's kind of strange. Because um, what I like to do is after Mass, I'd get this really good fruit smoothie um, in the morning. But I took a little bit extra cash that day. And, and as I was walking to Mass in the morning, one of the teachers from the school um, was frantically running around because they don't have any like snacks for the students. So I was able to lend them some money. Mm. Again, just like these really like um, little voices um, of peace, of tranquility, of gentleness, of grace, um, of, yeah, of, of really convicting my heart. And so I'm, I'm getting more towards the end of my time there at, at, in Guatemala in the language immersion. And at this point, like, I'm, I'm really afraid to, to go back to seminary, right? Because mm-hmm. at this point, still, I don't want to become a priest. <laughs> yeah. And again, just like that, that same still voice invites me to something a little bit, um, a little bit more. So at the beginning of the school year at Mundelein, a seminary, we start off with a five-day silent retreat. And then the similar voice that told me to wear the shirt, that told me to bring extra money said, hey, just go back for the retreat. And that's it. Go back for the retreat. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go back for the retreat. And then that's going to be that. 
during there was one of the most profound retreats I've had, <laughs> where there was just like a deepening of the sense of God's love for me, the deepening of the sense of God's faithfulness for me. And at the end of the retreat, it said, okay, stay until the end of the semester. And I thought to myself, okay, but that's it. That's it. After the semester, I'm, 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 I'm leaving seminary. I get to the end of the semester and still that, that voice is inviting me. Okay, go, go, um, go on pastoral internship. So what happens at Mundelein um, for your second year of theology in the spring, you spend a few weeks at school, but then you go to a parish. And the, 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 that, again, this God's silent, still voice saying, all right, go back for internship. And I thought, okay, but after internship, that, that's, that's when I'm really going to leave. That's when I'm really going to leave. Um, I ended up being at St. Peter Chanel, <laughs> just right down the road from here, actually. <clears throat> but there, <clears throat> as before, I, before I left, I was, I was um, asked two questions. Can I do this? And is it life-giving? So I, I knew that I could do what a priest does, right? Um, to say Mass, to pray, to lead people in prayer, to lead people um, to closer to Jesus. But the, but the big question I had on my heart was, is this life-giving for me? So when I was there at St. Peter Chanel, it was a very just beautiful affirmation from the people there, but also just in my experiences, yes, this is life-giving for me. But still, there was something in my heart that, that made it not quite able to, to really receive the vocation that God was inviting me to, mm-hmm. to really receive the vocation of priesthood. There was still something in my heart that, that, was, um, that was kind of like shielding me away from that. So the, that same voice said, okay, well, here you are. You're about to enter into the summer. And that's when I did my, uh, my hospital chaplaincy. Mm-hmm. And so I was actually at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta down in Eggleston um, here in Atlanta. And, and I'll interrupt you at the yeah, chaplaincy yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. because we're going to give out the number because we have one caller on the line. So we would love to get two more so that we can give away the com gift card worth $20. So we're giving it, I'm sorry, the com gift card worth $10. Um, when we get three callers on the line all at the same time, all three callers get that gift card as well as Father Michael. So who is going to be the heroes who call in right now? We just need two before that line drops off. And then you'll be the heroes that give Father Michael the gift card as well as each of you on the phone. Come on, we can do this. We also, uh, I think we've given away, we've had a couple monthly donors saying, Annie just went to clarify, but I do think we've given away that second um, gift card to Adele's. Um, So we'll find that out here in just a minute as well. Um, Number to call 470-508-1160. And we are also at... uh, what would that be, number six? So we get to ring the bell for five pledges as well. Yes, Annie? And we're making Annie work. I mean, she is working. <laughs> Pick up your phone, and we'll take the, the, the phone call of Father Michael ringing the bell here in just a second. She is working hard, so we'll, we'll, let, we'll let her do that. I'll give out the number again. We want to get your picture, so I'm waiting for Annie okay. so we can get your picture okay. ringing the bell. 470 508 508-1160. We are talking with Father Michael Brimmer. He is from St. Bridget's. We are so incredibly grateful to everyone who is calling. We do have one caller on the line. We would love to get some more. We would love to get another founder so that we are able to um, to get uh, We have the eight founders, so we need to find out two of these count as our, our, our eight or not. But we did have two people that were already donors, but they upped their monthly amount to become founders. So we get uh-huh. to ring the bell yeah. twice. So you get to ring it once for five pledges. So right now. Woo, okay. right now. Awesome. Woo! <laughs> Woo! 
now Uh-oh. you get to yeah it's kind of stuck it, yeah. yeah there you go father come yeah. on you broke the bell here we go again ring it again for the founder and ring it one more time for a third for a second founder andy will fix it and then we'll ring it again there, there go. you go it's fixed so all right so that was three rings right that, there that was fun that, that was, fun. was fun so we want to now we've got him hooked so we want to do it again come on four seven zero five zero eight eleven sixty um we have uh six pledges so we just need four more and we ring it and if we can get them all on the line at the same time then you're going to get a ten dollar gift card to cordacandles.com c-o-r-d-a candles.com um Compline. I'm telling you what, did you smell it, Father? Yeah, Compline is pretty amazing. I don't know which one it is. Oh, yeah, it is yeah, there yeah. it is. It's it the the smell is just very nice, peaceful. Yeah. They're very dark nice. amber, vanilla, lavender. Yes, it, really are, it is yeah. really, really, really <laughs> good. So so go on quartercandles.com. Um see the different scents. They're all centered around the faith in some way or a saint. Um and, and they're all inspired by that. They're hand poured. Um a company that just started two weeks ago uses a special blend of waxes so that they burn at a low temperature um, and those candles burn for 46 hours so come on give us a call we get three callers on the line all at the same time and um we uh get to give away the ten dollar gift cards to cordacandles.com we do have our eight founders, so they're going to draw out the name for that founder who gets the one-night stay at Avalon Hotel. That does not mean, though, that we need to stop with founders. Let's just keep on going and keep on getting the, the people calling in because we're only taking founders through the end of October. So if you want to be a founder, now is the time. You get your name on the plaque here at the station. You get a, a certificate for your own home forever you have bragging rights that you're a founder of Catholic Radio. So whatever level, whether it's a founder, whether it's a monthly donor, whatever it is, just give us a call, 470-508-1160. We are talking with Father Michael Brimmer, been talking about his vocation story. Wow, what a a vocation story, and really talking about him learning to really trust trust Mm -hmm. God and I think that's a hard one for for most of us yeah, you know it's yeah. like to to really say yes you know and and you know to say you know we we do it all the time jesus i trust in you mm-hmm, right jesus mm-hmm. but do we really mean it in our hearts especially in yeah. those difficult times you know and and mm-hmm. and so you're learning that and he's teaching you that and exactly. so we'll pick up where you left off yeah. with your story that's exactly right like we say jesus i trust in you but the reality mm-hmm. is like that's just kind of very vague yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I trust in you with what? Yeah. And so it's so like a big part of my story is just coming to the recognition that if you want to trust God in big things, mm-hmm. you have to learn how to trust him in small things. Yeah. But to be really specific, right? Yeah. Again, just like going back to that story, it's like I'm convicted to wear this certain shirt. So, yeah. okay, I trust that there's some meaning in this, right? Yeah. I trust that there's some reason for that. Yeah. And then when I start to see God's goodness in the midst of the small things, mm-hmm. the, the more difficult things become a little bit easier. Yeah. So that's about like where we are right now. So I was invited to go to the retreat, then I was invited to go to the, um, the, the pastoral um, semester, and then um, invited by the Lord um, to, to come back um, for, for uh, what's called CPE, Clinical Pastoral Experience, where I was a chaplain at um, CHOA at, at Eggleston. And a consistent theme up, up, to, up, to, up to this point, so I'm about to enter, I've just finished second theology, about to enter into third theology in the summer in between. A big, a, a common theme um, in my seminary experience, um, specifically in the spiritual life, is finding God not in spite 
of the darkness or in spite of my imperfections or in spite of any difficulty, but precisely in the midst of that difficulty, right? In the midst of my anxiety, in the midst of my imperfection, um, how is the Lord speaking to me? How is he smiling at me? How is he there just being with me? So up to that point, that's been a consistent theme, but it didn't really strike me until being at Choa. As you can imagine, um, just a lot of um, a lot of really wonderful experiences of, of, of just like the strength of human life, but also a lot of really tough experiences and just the fragility mm-hmm. of, of human life. Um, so there was one such experience and um, yeah, and, and just, yeah, just in the midst of, of, of just a lot of darkness, just like wondering where God was in the midst of the situation, um, where like, yeah, like how he was working, et cetera, et cetera. Just asking those, those, those big, those big time questions. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily get an answer, but at that point I realized like God is there in the midst of our suffering. Um, and he's there in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. and so at that point it really convicted me. It's like, okay, to become a minister, um, in, in a specific way of priesthood, um, is, is what God is inviting me to do. Um, I'll, I'll get to this in a little bit, but, um, the reason why I, I'm big on, on the, of meeting Christ specifically in the midst of our darkness is because, like, just in my own experience, like, that's exactly how I've encountered him. Yeah. And it's been some of my more profound uh, experiences with him. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the, <clears throat> my time being a chaplain really convicted me. It's like, okay, well, priesthood, it's just another affirmation mm-hmm. on the road to priesthood. But again, there, there was something still just blocking my heart. And so, again, just that, that gentle invitation saying, okay, go back for your third year of theology. Um, go back for the fall semester and then go back for your canonical retreat. Because what happens before you get ordained a deacon or before you get ordained a priest is you have to go on this mandatory retreat. Now I'll interrupt you at retreat yeah. mm-hmm. because I forgot to mention that we are matching dollar for dollar. I said it earlier, mm-hmm. but I didn't mention it again. Now's the time to double your money. D- double your money right now. A match from a donor who says they want to give to Catholic Radio, but they want to bring some other people with them. And they so they are saying, I will match anything that's called in dollar for dollar. It's not like sometimes we have a match where, you know, they say, well, we'll give you $3,000 if you can get another 3000 called in. Mm-hmm. That's not this. It's an automatic match every time you call in. This is, this is the easiest way right <laughs> now to be assured that mm-hmm. your money is going to be doubled. We also had... Um, Sarah, who called in with a monthly donation, and Sarah, you were the winner of the second um, Adele gift card. So thank you, Sarah, nice. for that for that donation, and uh, just keep them coming, keep them coming. We are now at seven pledges, so we just need three more to ring the bell again because we're ringing it at increments of every ten pledges. So come on, dollar for dollar match, lots of great gift uh, gift uh, giveaways. Quartercandles.com gift cards when we have three on the line, ringing the bell. You, there's lots <laughs> at stake here. So come on, let's just keep the calls coming. 470-508-1160. Father? Yeah, yeah. So, so again, just like that consistent theme of meeting Christ, like specifically in the midst of the darkness. Yeah. So there it was. I mean, you know, second theology, third, um, mainly um feeling really affirmed and feeling really invited that this was specifically what God was inviting me to do. Right. But still, and, and facing down the barrel of ordination, you know, like I think it was at that point, it's like eight months um, after um, of just really recognizing there's still something in my heart that's not quite able to receive this. Um, <clears throat> so that fall semester of third theology was, was pretty tough just because the Lord was really revealing to me just how dark my heart was in certain areas. What I, what I eventually came to realize was that there was like a deep fear in my heart of failure. 
that somehow, like, even regardless if I was called to marriage or if I was called to priesthood, that somehow, in some big, strange way, like, I would end up failing at it. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately, um, what, what that was doing, it was blinding me um, to my own goodness. It was blinding me to, to, to uh, my faithfulness to God. But, but most importantly of all, it was blinding me to God's goodness and mm -hmm. God's faithfulness to me. Yes, yes. Like, why, why would he invite me to something that I was, you know, doomed to fail at? Right. So again, just like really, really praying around that um, mm. and like where that came from. Mm. Um, yeah, and just really being convicted by the Lord that, yeah, I have, I have to give that up. Mm. Um, I, have, I really have to give it to him. So mm -hmm. I, I get to this retreat, and, <laughs> and, and, and to, to admit all of those things isn't really the place you want to be, like, before you're about to be ordained. But God bless my spiritual director, uh, Father uh, Jim Rafferty out of Omaha, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. um, he, he just very patient said, okay, well, that's where you are. And so let's let, let's let the Lord just write into there. Mm -hmm. Let's let the Lord write into that darkness. Mm -hmm. And so that was by far the best retreat I've ever had. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> like, like words don't do it justice, but like bringing that fear to the Lord of saying, look, um, am I going to fail at this? Yeah. You know, um, I don't want to do this if, if that's the case. Um, and so just in, a, in just many moments of grace in that retreat, but I remember one in particular um, of God just revealing to me his faithfulness, his mm -hmm. goodness to me. Mm -hmm. And so, so it's sometimes you'll, you'll see a priest wear a wedding band around, mm -hmm. his, around his hand. Yeah. Um, and it, it's yeah, sure it's, it's my commitment to God. But it's also his commitment to me, mm. and so that's what eventually like finally got me to take the plunge, um, so to speak, um, to to accept the vocation. So when I saw his faithfulness, when I saw his goodness, um, also a big part of that retreat was in prayer. God told me specific things that He loved about me, right? He loves my voice. He loves my heart. He loves the way I love. It's so, like the fact of the matter is like we all are we're nurturing. We're all loving. We're all able to be loved. But the way we do that. In, in, in our individuality is specific to us and a gift to God. Um, and, and he loves those things about us. And so really being able to, to like perceive how he loves me in the midst of that, again, just only gave me more and more confidence to be able to receive the vocation of priesthood. So finally, like one of the last days I was there, <clears throat> just wanted to double check. And I said, God, what is it that you want me to do? You're smarter than I am. <laughs> what do you want me to do? And yeah, the, a similar thing. Um, priesthood popped into my head, but this time I was able to receive it. Yeah. And ever since that, like, there's been a, just a ton of joy and a ton of peace. Um, because it wasn't the vocation, it was more so just my own imperfection in the face of it, right? My own darkness. Mm -hmm. um, but then God just being really generous, being really, really gracious, really glorious in the face of that, of, yeah, just, just allowing my heart to be able to receive what he was inviting me to. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's a great vocation story. <laughs> yeah, you know, a little bit of a different spin, I think, than, than most people. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And a couple of the, you know, we talked about, you know, how you really trust God to, to give you these promptings. So there were two promptings that I received um, while listening to you. And one is a quote that I heard actually doing another pledge drive. And it was, um, darkness ceases to exist the moment a light shines. Mm -hmm, and and mm -hmm. I think, you know, yeah. so, so, you know, you talk about that darkness and, and you know, that light can be from a lot of a lot of different sources for mm -hmm. you it was that retreat and, yeah. and many other things along the way exactly. for some it's it is the quest i mean it is <laughs> yeah. absolutely yeah. the quest and i don't mean to okay, although we are in a pledge drive we got to get the phone lines <laughs> going but but nonetheless i don't mean to bring everything back to catholic radio but i firmly believe that the quest is a light mm -hmm. when there is so much darkness going on in our world when we have all of these radio stations out there that are they're reporting half truth or some Sometimes no truth. They are just completely lying <laughs> yeah, about yeah. things. They're twisting things. 
we have to have a source that we can trust. We've talked a lot about trust during this this interview with you, and we have to have that source that we can tune into and we can trust what they're saying because we don't have it very many places. So we want to keep this on in, in Atlanta. We want to, you know, we have the 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 website, we have the AM station, and we have the app. So we have three sources right here. We can get it as easy as anything anywhere have people in foreign countries that are listening to on the app or on the internet and mm-hmm. people even that that could be persecuted for for listening because they're in a communist country they are listening and they are gaining and they are growing and we are bringing that light to them we're bringing the light to ourselves and we're also allowing that light to shine for anybody who happens onto the radio station and all of a sudden the the things that they've thought they knew about the Catholic Church, they're realizing isn't true at all. And so we'll talk a little bit about that with you here in just a minute. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I was prompted to share is a personal story of mine. I want to give out the number 470-508-1160. Come on. We can get these lines lit up again. I know that we can. We have had seven phone calls so far. Just three more pledges, whether they're online or whether it's a phone call. Three more pledges and we get to ring the bell again. Father Michael, he liked ringing that bell. He (laughs) liked ringing it. We want him to do it again. Come on. We can do it. We can do it. When you were talking about trust in all things, it reminded me of a story You know, I have eight children and, you know, many of them were stair-stepped and I was involved. I was homeschooling my kids and I was involved in um, a Protestant homeschool group. Mm -hmm. And I was doing something kind of around the corner and I could hear the people in the break room. They didn't know I was around the corner and, but I was working. I wasn't wasn't like I was eavesdropping, right? But I could hear them talking and they're saying, can you believe she's pregnant again? And they're just, you know, (laughs) on. You know, and I had it all the time. You get that when you have eight kids. But but nonetheless, I mean, you know, and they didn't get it. They didn't get Mm -hmm. it. And so I finally, you know, I listened for a while. It didn't really bother me. But I finally just felt this prompting. And I just walked around. And, of course, you know, their jaws dropped when they realized, you know, I'm standing (laughs) there. But I just said, you know, I heard what you said. And, you know, I really, you know, I I just want to ask one question. And and my question would be, do you trust God with everything? Mm, mm-hmm, and, you mm-hmm. know, that includes your fertility. Yeah. Do you yeah. trust him with everything? And, uh, you know, they, you know, of course, you know, hopefully it, it planted a seed. And, mm-hmm. and it was, you mm-hmm. know, it wasn't argumentative or anything. And they, they you know, yeah. and I didn't expect a response. You know, I just I just wanted to plant that yeah. seed. It sounded like a genuine invitation. Yeah, yeah. it really mm-hmm. is. You know, do, mm-hmm. do you trust God with yeah. everything? And I really think, you know, um, that, that we have to do that. We have to do it. And, and sometimes it's easier than others. Oh, my gosh. And we don't always get it right. At least mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know about you, but I don't always get it right. <laughs> yeah. But we have to have at least that desire, that mm-hmm. desire to trust God in everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, give out the number again. And then we want to talk about theology, because I know that is near and dear to your yeah. heart. And we only have maybe about 13 more minutes or so. So I want to make sure that we talk a little bit about theology and in particular, you said you wanted to talk about the myths of confession, which it ties (laughs) completely with what we're doing, and I absolutely love it. So number to call, 470-508-1160, 470-508-1160, thequestatlanta.com. 
can you support something that is really striving to bring the truths and the traditions of the Catholic Church into homes, into cars, um, into, you know, your your phone, whatever it is, we really are striving to bring that message because we are seeing the lives that are being changed because of it. And so, you know, Carol, she stepped out in faith. God bless her. She stepped out in faith mm-hmm. and really, really said, you know, trusted the promptings of, of the Holy Spirit yeah. to start this station. She got it started, but she can't keep it going. You know, it, it's like yeah. we got it, it. It's a listener supported. So we all have to step forward and do our part. What is your part? If you are listening, you have a part in Catholic radio. So, you know, maybe it's financially, and we certainly hope you'll call in if you're feeling that that prompting. Maybe it's praying for the station. Maybe it's letting others know, hey, there's a pledge drive going on. Can you call in? Maybe it's all three. You know, maybe it's all three. So really just pray about what your role should be. I'm still waiting. I am only here for another hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> I'm still waiting to get three callers on the line all at the same time. One with a $470 donation, one with a $508 donation, and one with a 1160 because 470-508-1160 is the number to call. So how cool would that be if we could make this happen? That would just, it's just fun. We just try and have fun here with Catholic Radio, but also raise the necessary funds in order to keep Catholic Radio strong. We are going to a potential potential 3.1 million listeners. So, you know what? The opportunity is it it it's tremendous to reach so many people. So, 4705081160 or the questatlanta.com. We are waiting for three more calls to ring the bell and we want to go back to to Father Michael Brimmer from St. Bridget's and we're talking about um Confession myths. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the, the myths about <laughs> confession? Confession's kind of scary for, yeah. for some people, mm-hmm. especially that person that might be listening that's been away from the church for 30 mm-hmm. years and they're thinking, maybe I should come back. So so let's talk about confession and some of the myths that surround it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I take these myths just from my own experience. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, just growing up and uh, yeah. like getting more involved with my faith. Um, there's, there's a reluctance to do so. And I do just want to apologize. Like sometimes like priests can be like very brash and maybe like negative in the confessional. So I do, I do just want to apologize for that. Because like the first myth um, is that the priest doesn't want to hear what I've done. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so the reason why I, I bring that up is because like when in, in my time in seminary, when I was, you know, looking at the priesthood and now as a priest, my most favorite thing to do is confession. Mm. My most favorite thing to do is confession. That might kind of surprise people. Maybe yeah. like they'd expect it to be the mass. Um, but I love confession precisely just, again, just in my own experience of encountering Christ specifically in the moment of darkness. Mm. Right. Because when we look at the cross, like, sure, Jesus was afraid to go there. Um, but the fact of the matter is he ultimately desired to, otherwise he wouldn't have given his life for us. Mm-hmm. So the crucifix is just a, just a beautiful image of the fact that Jesus desires to enter with you into your own darkness, mm-hmm. precisely to bring it light. Mm-hmm. And so a priest, and so I, I can only speak from my, my experience, but I know a lot of my uh, peers um, in, you know, in seminary and even some of my classmates, um, we love hearing confessions precisely to bring light into that, into that situation. Um, so yeah, the, the priest absolutely wants to, wants to hear what's going on in your life, wants to, wants to, again, bring Jesus into the midst of it. Um, and then the question to think about, it's like, do I believe that Christ can encounter me even in the midst of my sin? Right? Because again, we look at the crucifix and what we see is that, yes, Jesus does desire to bring you out of that, right? Mm-hmm. 
One of the the second other myths is uh, the priest will remember. <laughs> uh. The priest will see me around the church, and <clears throat> um, and and it'll be embarrassing to to see him. Um, I, I I can't speak to for other parishes, but at Saint Bridget, um, I'll probably hear anywhere from like three to six hours of confession every week. Uh. That's a lot to remember yeah. <laughs> on top of all the other things I got going on in life. Yeah. Um, but even still, there's just something beautiful about the grace um, where it's like, yeah, I don't remember what people tell me. Um, and it, and I kind of say this tongue in cheek, but like sins are pretty boring mm-hmm. in all honesty. Um, and what I don't mean by that is like they're not exciting or like juicy or whatever. Um, but what I mean by that is like anybody can live a life of sin, mm-hmm. right? What, what's, what's exhilarating, what's, what's, what's wonderful, what's, what's exceptional is to live a life of virtue, to live a life of Christian excellence. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean when I say that, that sins are boring. It's like, okay, it's, um, yeah, all right, you sin. All right, yeah, there's, there's nothing to it. That's, that's right. just that. But to live a life of Christian excellence, to see somebody going to confession, repenting for that, and trying to live a better life, like that's awesome. That's exciting. That's what I want to see. Like that, that's that's what warms my heart. Um, so so I love the the sacrament of confession. Like again, not going to remember it. Um, I, I think Father Mike Schmitz kind of put it a good way. He said, um, "Sins are kind of like garbage. You kind of toss them into the bin, and you kind of forget that they're there, right? And then you kind of take them out of your house, and like you just kind of forget about it. Right, right. <laughs> like that's exactly what it is. But it's just so amazing too. It's like Sins are gone just like that. Yeah. And like the, the snap of a finger. And clean slate, new slate, um, new life, new day. Um, it's a really beautiful thing. So just kind of like the, the couple myths kind of surrounding confession. Um, if, if, you, if you have been away for a while, um, just, just tell the priest and just, just be honest about that. He'll walk you through it, right? He'll say, okay, so when was the last time you were at confession, right? Yeah. 30 years ago, whatever, a week ago. Um, okay, and then he'll ask you, okay, well, what are you, what are you sorry for? Then you'll say what you're sorry for, what your sins are. Then he'll give you a penance, and then and then he'll yeah grant you absolution and send you on your way. You know, and and when you when you talk about absolution, um, so I'll share. I can't remember the source of the story, but there was a, um, I, I think it was a saint, maybe it was Padre Pio, anyway, that heard confessions mm-hmm. a lot, and somebody went to him and and was telling him about. Um, you know, a, a some kind of a, a a apparition, I suppose, or locution. I'm not sure. And he said, "Well, go and ask them what my last sins were that I confessed." Right? <laughs> and, and they came back, and then they did that, and they came back, and they said, "He he said he doesn't know because you went to confession and and it's forgiven." And that was the answer. So hmm. let's let's hmm. talk about that, and then the absolution that goes with that. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't quite catch that story. So, so like the, the, he went back to this person who was having the locutions, or no, the the person that was receiving the messages went back and asked Jesus, and then oh, the okay, message okay. was, oh, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah, know yeah, what yeah, the yeah, sins yeah, were because exactly, he went exactly. to confession, yeah, so yeah. they were forgiven. Yeah, that's, that's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, so when the Lord looks at us, right, like Eve, even in the midst of mortal sin, right, like we're still God's beloved children, right, mm-hmm. beloved God's beloved um, sons and daughters. There's something broken about that relationship, right, even in the midst of sin. But when that sin is restored, yeah, like that that's all God sees. Is mm. is that blank slate? Is is that new life that that you were at when you were at your baptism? Um because when the Lord um like similar to the priest in confession, when the Lord forgives, he he does also forget. Mm. Um is which is not really like the the love we experience sometimes even in the midst of families, right? Like when they've forgiven us, they still hold on to it and um um yeah, and they and they remember it. So it, it, God's love is just kind of strange in the fact that we've never experienced such an unconditional, such a forgiving, such a forgetting love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it really is a, a oh yeah, wonderful experience to to say, all right, that was that. That's in the past. How do we step forward? 
Right. Yeah. And, you know, this is a tool that Christ himself gave to us. Exactly. You know, yeah. it's a tool because he knew we were going to we were going to mess up and we were <laughs> yeah. going to need that yeah. grace in order to to make it someday into heaven. We were going to need his grace mm-hmm. to, to help us through that. So it was one of those, you know, Eucharist, of course, being another in the sacraments mm-hmm. that. They were instituted by Christ himself. Yeah. You trace any church back, you trace it back to a founder. Mm-hmm. You, you trace the Catholic church back, you trace back to Jesus, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. how cool is that? <laughs> and, and so, you know, what a, what a blessing we have here in the Catholic church. All right, so we're talking about uh, confession, about some of the, the myths that surround confession. Father, you said your favorite thing to do is confession. Is mm-hmm. it to actually yourself go to confession is your favorite thing or to hear confessions is your favorite thing? Well, I guess both. Or both, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I do love going to confession. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there's, there's something about God's healing mercy, um, even in the face of my own imperfection. Um, it's like, yeah, like Jesus, God is going to be the one person in life that will never turn his back on me. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what confession really is, right? Right. Um, the fact that like there hasn't been some special revelation from God saying, all right, we're stopping confession. It's like, no, right. God can, confession will always be offered by God right. precisely because he's always offering his mercy to us. Yes. Um, and so that's why I love receiving. That's also why I love, um, you know, being there, you know, for people when they receive absolution from God. Um, it's such a wonderful reality. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And so briefly, because we only have about a minute and a half left, Okay. Um, and I want to make sure we have time for your blessing to go to yeah, us and out through yeah. the airwaves. Briefly, what about frequent confession? You know, so yeah. some people think, oh, they can only, they only need to go if they have mortal sin on their souls. Um, so what about those that, that, you know, they just have venial sins? Yeah. Yeah. So, so absolutely. If you have mortal sin, then yeah, don't hesitate. Run, run, right run, to confession. Run, run. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but even in the midst of venial sins, right? Um, yeah, like like receiving uh, absolution from that sacrament can in and of itself be very healing and very strengthening, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, because because again, like the the this this those even those venial sins in and of themselves, like um, one way to kind of phrase sin is a lack of trust, right? I didn't trust God in the midst of this temptation, so I reached out for X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So even that in and of itself talks about a healing and maybe a strengthening of wow, maybe there's still a lot in my life that I still have to trust God with. Mm-hmm. So that's what even even in, for venial sins. That's that's why we'd we'd go even in the midst of venial sins. Yeah. All right, and very quickly now, so Annie doesn't hate on me here. Um, so very quickly for somebody out there that's thinking, because the Holy Spirit's telling me for somebody that's thinking, you know, but I just go straight to Christ. I don't have to go to a priest mm-hmm. for confession mm-hmm. of sins. Yeah, well, it's funny because nobody ever says that about baptism. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding, <laughs> yeah, right? But the, 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 yeah. I mean, there's something difficult about yeah. it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but but the, but Christ came as a human. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't, God didn't stay up there, you know, separated from us. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it's just something about that incarnational reality of the fact that as a priest, right in the midst of the sacraments, very incarnational, very tangible, very concrete. Mm-hmm. That's how God desires to act with man. Mm. Excellent. All right. Blessing. And thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you to father Michael Brimmer from St. Bridget's. Wow. What a privilege it was to have him here. <laughs> so his blessing going out to all of us here in the studio and out through the airwaves. And then we go to a break and come right back. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. To love and to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for having me. Y'all are awesome. Thank you. God bless. Yeah, thank you. All right. (laughs) 